Kiora, and welcome to another edition of the GeoDorable podcast with your hosts, Chris Morris and Mark Thompson. For more information on this episode, visit the GeoDorable page on Facebook. Hello, Chris. Hello, Mark. How are you? Uh, I am good. How about you? Well, it's been a funny old day. It's been a funny old week. It's been a funny old month, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but not, you know, trying to be chipper. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, everyone's talking about the massive amount of technical delays that we've had in releasing this podcast. I know. You would not believe how many times we've had to record this. It's not yeah. funny. Um, no, I think this is our record. This is our third time. Yeah, something like that. It hasn't been. Uh, um, it definitely hasn't been good. No, no, and um, obviously it's been trending on social media, but then then was eclipsed by something else, Chris. Yeah, I mean, some people have said that we uh, we released the uh, the virus just to um, you know, take the heat off our podcast. That's not true. I can quash that rumor right now. Yeah, we're not that clever to. Um, we're we're ge- geographers. Well, I'm not even a geographer. Uh, not biologists. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but it's a pretty, uh, pretty uh, strange world that we live in at the moment. Well, so whether you're kind of you know listening from um, the UK or the US or you know here in New Zealand or anywhere else in this world, you you know we're all going through the same thing. Well, yeah, you're probably in isolation. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we should call this the isolation episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean we you know. Hopefully we're providing a little bit of um, light entertainment, so to speak, uh, for your uh, yeah, listening pleasure. Yeah, so um, welcome. We've introduced us, actually. This is the world's number one geospatial podcast, um, released fortnightly, except this one, which is like three months late, uh, called Geodorable. Uh, you know, a podcast all about the wonderful world of spatial location analytics, uh, anything vaguely techy that's kind of got anything to do with uh, with geography. We're, we're intru- yeah. into it. If there's a location to it, we want to talk about it. We do. Yeah. Um, and we also need to put in the disclaimer that uh, anything said and, I don't know, said <laughs> and talked yeah, about on, and said in general on this podcast uh, are our own views and nothing to do with people we work for or work with. Um, uh, exactly, and yeah. in in the random world that we were actually sponsored, uh, we would tell you if we were endorsing a product. Um, but we're not yet. But again, we're always open open to uh, bribery. Mm. Uh, now, other exciting news, Chris. One of the reasons we're actually late is um, I got in before everyone else and, and was in hospital about three, four weeks ago. Yeah, uh, and there's, there's now a little less of you than there, there was prior. <laughs> Yes, yes, just a, a slightly uh, gallbladder less of me. Yeah, um, feeling any major effects, Mark? Looking thinner? Um, no, no, there's been no major effects. Even um, even some of the known effects haven't really taken effect. <laughs> um, so that's that's very good news. Um, it does, and and you were, I mean, we we were we had recorded technical issues, so we're going to record again, and then you had a, a yes, well, your own technical issue, uh, which ended <laughs> up in hospital. Um, and then, well, I was supposed to be going to Palm Springs for the That's Palm right. conference, and uh, I got within oh, was hours. four hours of getting on my flight, literally, uh, yeah. before uh, pulling the pin on that. Um, yeah. Yes, and uh, yeah, what an, what an exciting time we live in. Well, um, mm. but yeah, I say if you if you really want excite- excitement, then I, I don't recommend. Um, uh, gallbladder stones. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's uh, yeah, that's, that's wise. Um, <laughs> certainly not the moment because you know, elective surgery gets banned or you know, or gets yeah, we'll postponed, so to speak. I mean, hospitals are, are full of sick people as it is, but um, full of uh, contaminable sick people or what's the word? I don't know, but you keep on struggling for it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> people who are likely to infect you. Oh, infectious people. Infectious people, that's the word. Like this podcast, it's infectious. Yes, it is. The um, more you listen to it, the more you want to reach for a bucket? No. No. Not at all. The more no. you enjoy the um, the the views and opinions. Um, so, uh, when, whilst you were getting your gallbladder removed, um, how was your family? Were they kind of, you know, pleased, excited? I mean, were they kind uh, of... They were yeah. concerned, but I actually sent them away because um, 
I could suffer in pain by myself. I truly didn't need company to to suffer. You're, um, you're my hero. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I mean, hero's generous of you. That's um. Oh sure, sure. But I'm I'm generous with my praise. <laughs> but I would like to point out my uh, cousin, who is a doctor and a woman who has given birth, says uh, gallstones are equivalent to uh, childbirth. Now, I wouldn't want to claim that for myself. Um, no, not only having done one of them, um, yeah. but yeah, I'll I'll just leave that there. Okay. Uh, yes, as I said, views and opinions. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So um, before we kind of get onto news and that kind of stuff, I think it is worth just kind of you know we're, we're going to talk about the virus a little bit, or yeah, the, the Corona nineteen virus a little bit later on in terms of our mapping capability. Um, but you know, it's having a vast impact on uh, on the world. Um, and I don't know about you, and we'll talk about it a bit more later on. But dashboards of 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 kind of they're everywhere now, right? Okay, I th- I thought you were taking this in that you know we we really appreciate that people who are, are suffering, everyone is suffering under this. That you know we um we're we're sending more than thoughts and prayers um to you. Well, no, um, what, what, you know, I was going to get there. Um, what I was going to say about the dashboard is all these numbers start to just blend, you know? Yes. You know, you, you're kind of looking at these numbers. Oh, there's a number of people infected and people recovered. Oh, a number of died. And, and the fact of the matter is that, you know, it is a deadly virus and, you know, um, you know people are being died. So, oh, well, sorry. I've been died. <laughs> sorry. Um, yes. And, yeah, so I was going to say, Mark, it's no laughing matter, but you've just kind of wrote that for me. <laughs> Sure. Um, yeah, and also I, I will talk about, again more later, but the appreciation for weird st- low statistics, like, you know, I would have thought 3% was a fairly um, innocuous, innocuous, innocent uh, statistic. Innocuous. Yeah, but um, turns out that's not. That's a super serious number. Yeah, and I think innocuous is something that you can't be for the virus, unfortunately. Ah, right. What's the word I was looking for then? Um, innocuous. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> well, everyone's learning Feel on this free podcast. To practice, everybody. Uh, just, yeah, send an email to um, uh, you people can't pronounce words properly <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, no, it's geodorable at gmail, uh, gmail.com or um, we're on Ge- Facebook, aren't we? Is anybody we're on, on Facebook, Facebook anymore? Yes, because they've, they've literally got nothing else to do because they're in isolation. Yeah, I've kind of given up on Facebook. It's kind of annoyed me recently. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram—it's um, it's all there for your viewing pleasure. And uh, here we are for your listening again, pleasure. Oh, the geodorable dot com website. That I think that's probably the best place to go. Really, <laughs> you know, it's, it is. It's, yeah. Um, all right. Shall so we hit yeah. some news? Well, well, we might as well. All right. Spatial news. And in the um, in the news, well, I see we're, we're sort of going for the good stuff, <coughs> the happy stuff. Which um, I do, yeah, yeah. And also the slightly late stuff, <laughs> uh, because we've been a little bit late in this podcast. But Chris, there are some winners who are grinning. Well, they were in January. January. We're not going back that far, Marco. Oh, 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 we are. I think it was late January. Let's go with late yeah, January. Yeah. No, it was early. Uh, anyway, huh. um, the Esri Story Map of the Year competition. Now, Chris, I understand you were excluded from this. Uh, yeah, after my uh, my constant winning of uh, Story Map prizes, I've, I've, I'm not allowed to you know, enter any more Story Maps. Yeah, yeah. yeah once, to be fair. They figured out all your pseudonyms as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Esri have announced all their um their winners, and I don't even—I mean, I don't even know how well advertised this actually was. But um, we have the winner, Chris, which is called Pancakes and Silver, which sounds like a fantastic thing um, to get involved with on on Shrove Tuesday. Um, which, if you don't know what Shrove Tuesday is, it's a it's a thing tradition in the UK where you. Make pancakes and you make shroves. Yeah. Um, no. Actually, I heard a funny story about that. How you have the uh, pancake racing competition. Mm. It's um, true. Yes, the UK. It's a it's a weird place. 
Um, the weird thing is, I remember in my childhood. Sorry, I mean you've got me onto this now. I remember in my childhood, a pancake uh, racing, you know, um, event. How do you build was, a fast pancake? Just out of like, what makes what? a fast? What makes a fast pancake? That's how fast you can run. Ah, right. So, so basically, the idea is that you are flipping a pancake in your frying pan whilst running. That's the pancake race. <laughs> this is from the home of chasing a cheese down a hill. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. You know, we we uh, we like to get involved. Yeah, keep 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 traditions alive. And the and the idea was actually it was a uh, it was a uh, women's only event, so only women were allowed to enter the pancake flipping um, <laughs> event, and they had to run as fast as they can whilst flipping the pancake over. It's a measured distance. I can't quite remember what it is, but I think it's quite a long way. It's more than it's like yeah, three hundred and sixty yards or something. Um, <laughs> I know. Right. I actually know why, but I, I just think I might be going into too much detail, so I'm going to shush. Yeah, some woman running late to church. I understand. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. Oh yeah, pan- totally pancakes right. and that's silver crust. What, what, what is that about? Pancakes. Nothing. Nothing to do with anything we've just talked about. Uh, it's all to do with um, ores and mining. Yes, Virginia City. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's quite a nice one. It's the grand prize winning story map. It's pretty good actually. Well, I like Ash, it. Actually, as a as a um, as a story map connoisseur, Chris, you really should give us your personal opinion of it. Well, I just have. I like it. You like it? Um, yeah, really do. I'd like to see you know a little bit more. Um, I don't know. No, actually, I just like it. I'm 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 not I'm not going to yeah. Maybe some more kind of color. It's all black and white. Ah, but then yes. it was in 1860, and that, that's probably the problem. Yeah, the colour wasn't invented um, yeah. until. Uh, I mean, sepia was. They were getting there. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and number two was working with the blindfold, which is about vaccinating in Chad. Uh, indeed, yep. Which is uh, good. Good. Uh, yep. Um, clearing the air in historic West End. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. I think it's well put together. Yep. Um. The hunt for the Delaware boundary monuments. See, that's the kind of thing I'm I'm a sucker for. Any kind of mystery, uh, yeah, looking for stuff. I'm I'm all over that. I like it. Yeah, I kind of prefer my um, when you're hunting for things for them to be alive. Like I do like um, Sasquatch and Bigfoot stories. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, because so many cultures have have uh, that animal or that mythical beast in them. So well, even the Yeti, the Sasquatch, the um, we have the in, Bigfoot, we have in New Zealand, don't we? Yep, the Moiha. There we go. I knew you'd um, yes, up at the Coromandel. Last sighting actually in like eighteen ninety or something, like semi recent. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, but anyway, back to story maps. Well, somebody uh, needs to do a story map of Sasquatches. I'm sure someone already has. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, but actually, if you're searching for something to enter for this year. Um, maybe do the Sasquatch, the Yeti, the Bigfoot, the hmm. Moihau. Let's move on, Mark. Are we moving on? Oh. Yes. Spatial Sorry, news. We're just finding the button. So long, I, yeah, I just thought I'd crash it. Do you, do you want to press it again? Maybe I could talk over it a second time or... Spatial news. Oh, brilliant. We're out of practice. But, but Chris... Esri, we're really giving in January. They are so giving. If not enough to give a prize for the greatest story map, they then yes. gave everybody a prize by introducing a new user type. <laughs> yes. And this one is Storyteller. Yeah, so basically, I think Esri have kind of gone, hey, story maps are really cool. No, sorry, I should say, not Esri. I think, you know, generally people in general who've come across it have gone, hey, story maps are really cool. The maps, yeah. the, the multimedia and so forth. Yeah. And so as you're kind of going, well, how can we make this more available to most people? You and, don't need and, to be a GIS professional. And also compete with Mapbox and other people who are doing them. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so the storyteller map. Chris, how much is it? I don't know. $100 per year. Oh, okay. $100. It depends what country you're in, surely. Well, that's, this is, yeah, this is USD. Uh, oh, prices okay. may have changed, etc., etc. Uh, yeah, so your local uh, Esri, uh, is your distributor. Reseller. Yeah. Um, so 
if you only want to make story maps, this is the person for you. Yep. Go for it. Don't get one. Get a few. Um, and what does it give you? So I think, yeah, no GIS experience, no problem. I mean, that's pretty handy. So it gives uh, you no GIS experience? No, you don't need any GIS ah, experience. Right. I don't think you should pay $100 not to have any GIS experience. <laughs> I'll say maybe they could take it off you for 100 bucks. I might pay for that. <laughs> um, yeah, but again, it's 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 more of your kind of, you know, your non-GISE user who... You know, likes mapping. Yeah. Now, now there is a catch, Chris, and that is that your organization must already be an ArcGIS Online user or ArcGIS user. Now, that is a bit of a catch. So, if you want it independently for personal development, you need to look for ArcGIS for personal use. Yeah, you use the personal use license. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. Check it out. Spatial news. Now, Chris, you get excited about story maps. I get excited about 3D globes. You do. You've got well, a bit of a fascination for those. They're usually snow globes. It sort of grew from there. Um, huh. Interesting. Now, this one is the in-depth 3D globe of earthquakes. Now, what rocks about this one? Uh, what really does rocks, rock? Was that a joke? <laughs> Here all day, try the veal. Um now, this is mapping major earthquakes in 2019 throughout the world, but, but, but it's in 3D and it's put their depth in there and their magnitude by uh, size of the dot. Yeah, so I mean, it's basically, it's it's very similar to lots of maps you've seen on this type. The difference being that it's in within a 3D globe and the uh, the quake itself is uh, measure, is what, within the globe, so to speak. You can imagine that. Yeah, it's, it's, ah. It's kind of cool. I don't know how else you describe it. It's negative, negative three D. It's the um, depth is mapped correctly. Yes, I would. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's awesome. So it is I good. Just, you know, looking at uh, the Ring of Fire. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the Johnny Cash song. Really cool. New Zealand, you can understand why. I mean, we've had a few earthquakes here. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. Quite, quite cool. Now, it would be cooler if it's actually that you dive underneath the Earth and see it from the inside out. Can you? Uh, no. No, not quite. Oh, no, oh, hang on. No, I don't know. Something's gone really weird my mouse. I'm now lost. <laughs> yeah, but if you want to see, and it, it works really well. Um, it does. Yeah, if you like your visualization of stuff, this is a really good thing to look at, I reckon. I thought you said it. You're going to say, if you like your visualization funky, then this is the one. Ah, yeah, it's it's very cool. <laughs> Spatial news and close to home, Chris. Yes, uh, Mount Taranaki, the uh, the mountain. Do we go there? Of course we do. The mountain <laughs> in New Zealand, in in Taranaki. There are that others. Looks an awful lot like well, there are, but it, this is the only one that looks like Mount Fuji. <laughs> and that's what you want your uh, geographical uh, physical features to look like as other nations. No, I'm just saying if you want a you know a mountain that looks an awful lot like you know a traditional you know you know the, the drawing that kids do of mountains. Yes. You know, kind of pointy thing, a jaggedy line where the snow line is. Well, that's Mount Taranaki. Perfect. Yes, and it's also circle. famous, isn't it? For it. Well, it, it's been in a few films. Yes. Um, most notably, um, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Um, I believe he came over here, over here, and was looking to become a dwarf or a or a hobbit, wasn't he? In, in one of the movies, but yep, and and, and that's a good link because it was also Mount Doom, and the Lord was of the Rings. Was it Mount Doom? Yes. Didn't know that, even though I've read this article. Oh, it does say so in this article. It does. Yeah. Um, so not the biggest mountain in the world. Obviously, that's Everest. Um, but 2,797 metres or 9,000 feet, if you want that converted. Um, now, what is special about it is, as Chris is trying to describe, it's in the middle of a flat plain and just sticks up like a big cone with no other mountains around it. And what we like about this one is they've taken the... Um, uh, well, the elevation model from Taranaki and Joint generated some fantastic looking contours and 
um, slope aspect heat maps and and stuff. It's it's just a lot of fun to um, stick on one one aspect and do a lot with it. Yeah, and no, I think that's the point. Just to be clear here, we're not changing the focus of our podcast to mountains in general. Uh, it's just that this has been a. If you read the article and you can kind of get to it from our uh, website, it's just a really good example of brilliant cartography um and you know the 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 approach that's been taken uh to uh create the map i think is fantastic um so this is from um, aileen buckley she apparently she's phd esri research cartographer um which sounds like a fantastic job (laughs) yeah i think so um so yeah we'll stick up some pictures of that and uh, that it will be good yeah, she. Um, I'm just going to carry on. She took her inspiration from uh, jellyfish. Ah, okay. And used that kind of approach in her cartography. Uh, we, I like. We just just to clarify, we're not saying that that she took jellyfish as some sort of trip. No. Well, no. No, no. we're definitely not saying that. No. No. <laughs> Spatial news. Uh, and something else that happened while we were slightly off here. Uh, yeah, after... Uh, well, it was a birthday. Um, yeah, and I'm expecting you to sing the song, Chris. Mm, you can get lost. Stevie Wonder version? No. Uh, no? No. All right, come on. Happy birthday too. No, come on. <laughs> we're above that, are we? Maybe we're not. Uh, I don't Let's see how. So Google right. Maps um, turn 15. Yes. celebrate... Um, they changed their mapping icon. No one knows how to party like Google. No, no, no. I mean, it's, I, I guess as you get older, it's kind of, yeah, they're changing the outfit, aren't they? No. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and so they have a new icon. And what I really, really like, of course, was the comments. <laughs> it's the only reason you should read articles is for the comments <laughs> by people who really shouldn't bother. Yes, Jimmy F. Thanks, I hate it. Thanks, Jimmy F. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I like um, uh, hmm? Pedro PM. I wonder if people will use Apple Maps now since the icon is actually a map. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, the Google Map icon hasn't really been a map for a long time. Is it not? No. Um, yeah. What else have we got? We've got one about, you know, think of the old people. How are they going to find it? Which is kind of true. Johnny Van Dam, not even close. To? Sure. I don't know. Just not even close. <laughs> not even close. Spatial autocorrelation, Mark, and it wasn't working for him. Uh, Chief Eagle, when is a map not a map? When the Google design team get their hands on it. Oh, these mm. guys, do not have anything better to do? And Abattoir, wow, this icon is ugly. <laughs> Thanks for ruining my home screen. <laughs> anyway, Google, from to adorable, we actually like it. Yeah, I, I, it looks like a map pin-ish. Which it always has. It's just an evolution. Oh, yeah. But happy birthday, Google Maps. Thank you for changing yes. the world. And it really did change the world. I remember being in a um, briefing, or being briefed personally by Jack Dangerman, mm. um, going... Yeah, this is this is interesting times, and they have changed the world. I have <laughs> spatial so, news. I thought you were going to cut in there with a um an anecdote about the time you met Benjamin. Ch- no. Yeah. Talking of Google Maps, <laughs> how convenient. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, um. So a. Does he count as an artist? Apparently so, but we're artists, so, you know, it's a loose definition. So, um, uh, and I quite like this. Uh, 99 smartphones are transported in a handcart to generate virtual traffic jams in Google Maps. Yes, so what has he done, Chris? I've just explained. He's put 99 smartphones in a little handcart to generate virtual traffic jams in Google Maps. Yes, so he turned on Google Maps, etc., etc., um, and then he walked the streets and his photos of uh, video footage of him and no cars on the street. I think it's quite cool. I like it. I don't know why he's done it. I mean... It's art, Chris. You don't have to ask why. You just have to invoke a response. 
Yeah, okay. Um, I kind of like it, but I actually call um, it's not as clever as it appears because the streets are so deserted, there's no way that everyone, where is it, in Germany? Mm. Um, is using Google Maps solely to get around. There is, uh, you know, other navigation software if we've talked about. Um, and then there's also people who don't need a map just to get to work. Do you think, I mean, they look all to be exactly the same phone. He's bought 99 of the same phone. And that's how you know it's art, right? Because <laughs> if I was doing it, and I'm not an artist, but I wanted to do it, I would just go on Trade Me, which is New Zealand's equivalent of eBay, and buy all the, you know, the crappiest, cheapest smartphones I could. But you'd buy all the same one, wouldn't you? Because then it's easy to set up, and then if you wanted to um, no, copy them. on Android, right? So it all would be, you know, yeah. straightforward. But he's bought 99 of exactly the same phone. Yeah. That's, that's why it's art. Um, again, heading to the com- comments, uh, Oscar Iwan Ellison. Ellison. Uh, I want to live in a place where you could walk through the streets with a wheelbarrow full of phones and not get robbed. Nice. Well, he should move then, shouldn't he? I mean, <laughs> if that's what he wants to do, we're not stopping him. <laughs> no, although traffic might be, according to Google Maps. Google Map. <laughs> Spatial news. You, you jumped in there. I was just about to read another, but I'm not going to now. Ah, there was a pause. Well, I was breathing. <laughs> uh, just just so our listeners know, we, we do this in different locations, um, and so we're not seeing each other. Um. And we're dead out of sync as well. I mean, normally we're, we're just kind of, you know. Yeah, normally like it's, it's Vulcan, like... Tw- uh, Vulcan? Vulcan mind like, meld, kind of we're in sync and, you know. It's like Torval and Dean. It, it, nobody's going to know who that is. <laughs> Right, I'm going to play the jingle again. Spatial news. Now, Chris, in other drone-related news, mm-hmm. we have we know that Amazon have been touting their uh, their potential for deliveries for a long time. Uh, they haven't. You would have thought it'd be pretty important for them, those guys. Yeah. Yeah, um, and they've done five thousand commercial deliveries, I believe. I mean, that sounds a lot, but. It does, um, but there is another company, Chris, that does drones. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm sure there are. Yeah, and this one has done 80,000. 80,000 deliveries? 80,000 deliveries. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, okay, tell me more, I'm intrigued. Um, so it is Google. <gasps> Those guys. Yeah, the ones we were just talking about. Oh, um, yeah, I remember them. So they have a commercial aviation authority license to do autonomous drone deliveries, and they've done 80,000 of them across three continents, Chris, or three countries, uh, really. That's uh, Australia, Finland, and the US, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's amazing, actually. Um, and they don't, I, I don't know, you don't hear about too much about it, really, do you? No, but it seems pretty big because... Um, well, and also very timely because the photos they release have they got Walgreens on it, which is a big pharmacy um, brand. Which is, um, yeah, definitely something we need to consider at the moment. Yeah. Um, now, the drone looks very weird. It's, what do you call those, two bodies? It's got eight, six, seven, seven um, air screws going up or rotation wings, and then two going forward. It looks a bit like the spruce goose. Well, I think it's basically a cross between a drone and a plane, right? So it's got wings as well as, um, yeah, so so it can do the, uh, I imagine, so it can take off and land vertically and then fly. Ah, right. Yes, that's what you mean. <laughs> so it can do the horizontal and the vertical um, mm. while saving battery. Yeah, and so Google are pushing massively ahead with this. Um, well, they are the company that, that tries to innovate, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's obviously going to be a growing market for pretty much uh, everyone. Um, and if you jump to our next story, Mark. Ooh. Spatial news. Unless you are DJI, in which <laughs> case you've essentially been kicked out of the US. Well, let's just be fair to DJI who make 
great drones and one day will sponsor us, I'm sure. Though maybe not, seeing the market's drying up. Any Chinese-made drone is a band. Uh, yeah, which, um, I don't know, crazy, crazy. But, uh, you know, it's the world we now live in. Yeah, um, geopolitical world, uh, I think yeah, you'd totally. say. But yeah, the Department of Internal Affairs, uh, sorry, Department of Interior. Yes. Um, have effectively banned it. Um, and this is way back, actually, in January, end of January, beginning of Feb. Um, so, yeah, um, interesting. Interesting, well, interesting I, I times. What's interesting for me, for me? global market perspective is you know the doi's announcement um is you know directs officials to favor drones made in the u.s instead of chinese made ones um, i'm sure drones are made in the u.s but i couldn't name you one um you know the, the major drone manufacturers well, seem to be you know dgi you've got kind of parrot which i believe is french um i can't actually think of yeah, if you look back to the last episode which was months ago we actually talked about who were they there's another company um, who were doing it. Um, and they were advertising that they weren't Chinese. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, but, oh, I was going to say, it. I understand, you know, people go, look, the Chinese government doesn't actually control it. But there was a story released earlier this year about um, a major international electronics supplier that was actually the CAA, uh, CIA <laughs> and was selling stuff to Russia and what have you. So uh, it's not beyond our beyond realms of possibility. And, and I, sus- I suspect that, you know, for at least, um, you know, some people, the, the amount of sensitive information in, uh, you know, uh, that your average American has got, or, you know, I say American, your average... Uh, Non, what well, the average consumer flyer, you know, they've, they've probably got all kinds of um, cybersecurity-based information that you know um, other nations yeah. try to get their hands on. Well, even as as Strava proved, um, location is is yeah. is all you need. Location and a bit of tea. Yep. Um, so, yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting times. Now, if you uh, you press that button again, Mark. Spatial news. That leads us into our next story, and I've worked out what this is. And if the Colorado cops, who are puzzled by a fleet of large drones flying overhead, want to give me a shout, I've worked it out. Ah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so basically. Wh- what's the story? What's the story? So, uh, Colorado cops puzzled by a fleet of large drones flying overhead. A fleet of large drones have been spotted hovering over rural parts of Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> can't even say simple words, which I know how to say, Mark. Colorado. Colorado in recent days, and nobody knows why. We're talking about groups of up to seventeen machines, and this is in late, late, late December, actually. But it's probably still happening. What is it, Chris? Well, it's kind of obvious, right? So the Chinese government—they have pressed the return home button <laughs> on all of their drones, and it's just a whole bunch of drones flying home. Right. I mean, I I did borrow a, G, a DJI drone and crashed it. Sorry, Andrew. Um. But it, it didn't last more than 15, 20 minutes. Um, no oh, fault of its own, yeah. the battery needs to be small. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, or whether I'm just making up, but I believe if you fly your drone close to, like, power lines, you know, you can charge the battery just like that. Like you can, you know, you, right. can, use, you can charge your phone just by putting it on some kind of, you know, Just remember the disclaimer, kids. Um, yeah. Now, the, apparently these, these drones are flying at 35 miles per hour, which... It's actually really fast. And that's 60, 70k. Yeah. I'm sure they'll check this out, but it's not just the um, the Elton Musk star. Was it star, Starburst? Star? What are those? Uh, we're so current. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, I suppose, you know, be aware that maybe there are uh, hordes of drones <laughs> buzzing around over your head. What's interesting in this story is that the Federal Aviation Administration says it knows nothing about the drones. Well, surely they should be talking to the Department of the Interior. <laughs> and that's where they've gone wrong. They're talking to the wrong people. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. 
Uh, and the US Army has gone, oh, it's not us. Well, they're not going to tell you, are they? <laughs> yes, it's our secret project. Oh, yeah. Just look, just look. We'll explain it all to you. Come to Area 51 you know, <laughs> and come to the big hangar that says no entry. Come there and we'll, we'll tell you about it. Of course, the military aren't going to tell you if it's their 17 drones or not <laughs> that are flying at 35 kilometers an hour. Yes, miles now. Miles now. I mean, pretty, pretty fast, actually. Yes. <sighs> Could be aliens, Mark. Could be aliens. Could be. All right. Spatial news. And the rise of digital ads on taxis. No, nothing new, Chris. Nothing new. They're putting big LEDs on taxis to advertise things. However, mm-hmm. why are we talking about however it? However, I like. Well, this this is right up my alley. If I had an alley, this would be so far up. It would be brilliant. So I really like the kind of location-based marketing. Fabulous. Uh, and, and this basically is, uh, well, if you have digital billboards, you can therefore obviously change what is on the billboard. Well, change what's on the billboard based on the location in which you are and the likely demographics of people in that neighborhood. I mean, it's kind of really obvious, but I like it so much. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many how, how many people are going to buy stuff because they saw it on the side of a taxi. Um, but there's obviously a place for it because people do it. Um, now, the other interesting thing, Chris, because... The- it's not just about buying stuff. Oh, yeah, sh- they're probably sure. advertising the latest episode of... Name me a TV show that's really popular with young people at the moment. Ah, oh, you're asking the wrong person. I know. My wife's currently going through the entire back season of Gossip Girl. I haven't. Of I what? literally have not seen Gossip Girl. It's it's a thing. TV program. Yeah. I basically I haven't seen her in the evenings for. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I could say months, and it probably wouldn't be too far off. It started from series one. I think she's kind of kind of now kind of you know. Series six or something? Haven't, haven't seen it. Anyway. But one of the good things about this mind. podcast, Chris, is it, yeah. it's a judgment-free zone. No, I'm judging my wife. Okay. I think she should be spending, you know, more. I mean, I haven't been caught up spending time with you on this podcast because we haven't been able to. But, you know, oh, no, she's still watching Gossip Girl. She's doing it right now. Right. That is, that is fine, though, Chris. Just anyway. Listeners, if you'd like to provide me with advice about how to wean your wife off Gossip Girl and onto something slightly more interesting that I might also like to watch, uh, please uh, let, let us know. Or, or if you just want to give Chris advice on how to actually, you know, like things with his wife. Yeah. But, but okay, enough I, of that. This is my challenge to you, Mark. I want you to sit down and watch like two episodes of Gossip Girl with your wife. Uh, no, we, we sit at different ends of the lounge watching different things completely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I know That's she doesn't watch Gossip Girl. Do. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so that we've got these billboards that advertising Gossip Girl for some reason. Um, but the interesting thing also, because I like this aspect, is the IoT equipped basically. So they're doing temperature and pollution levels, air quality. Mm-hmm. Um, acceleration breaking patterns. So, so not only are they only giving uh, what do you location based consumer information, they are collecting it. Yeah, fabulous. And and you know, next time when they go out, they'll be able to kind of go um, air pollution bad, masks good. Here's a really good advert for masks. Yeah, yeah. Masks. Although, well, admittedly, most of those have been used for other purposes at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So right in my taxi, I clean the air filter, the cabin filter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, and then finally, spatial news. Now, Chris, this one mm-hmm. is another great um, bureaucratic story, and this is this is up your alley because you love this kind of thing. <laughs> I do. I, I do like a bit of geopolitical intrigue. Um, so, this is in the town of Mosul. Other pronunciations are available, mm-hmm. or Mosul. Uh, which is in Luxembourg, as you would know. Uh, Luxembourg famously borders France and Germany. And what's great about this bridge is that it's in two countries at the same time. Now, how can that possibly be possible, apart from lots of bridges that cross borders are? Well, uh, but normally that's half the bridge, right? So you own this half and I own that half Mm -hmm. because we take the middle of the river. Yep. Um, however, this one, when someone was making the boundary between uh, Germany and Luxembourg, um, they decided to use the whole river. 
uh, which means essentially that uh, um, instead of having a line as your border, you've got a polygon, which is the, the width of the river. Yeah. It's the River Mosul, by the way, I should say. So it's the River, Mo- river Mosul, and the village is called Schengen. Schengen, S-C-H-E-N-G-E-N. Schengen? Sure, let's go for that, sorry. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just I just find this stuff interesting, and you, of course you can't go back and fix it because there's too much um, political uh, involvement in there. And so there, there's always interesting, these, these are questions for the pub. If I commit a crime, that's against the rules of Germany, but not against Luxembourg. Do I get arrested? Uh, yeah. If you're, if you're, yeah, you can literally, well, oh, swim runs, swim between the countries. I don't know because as soon as you put your foot in the water, you're in both. Yeah, you could be in both countries at the same time. That's amazing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, next time you're in the pub and looking for uh, something else to talk about, to talk about uh, this bridge over the river Mosul, 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 the river Mosul, and it's yeah, Schengen, Schengen, S C H E N. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, I'm just looking at it on uh, on Google, um, and uh, they they've just drawn a line down the centre of the river. So they obviously haven't read this article. <laughs> um, yeah. So there was actually an, uh, a comment on that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. If you're ever creating board borders between countries, people remember lines, not polygons. Mm-hmm. Important. All right, and that is our news tastic week, to Chris. That was a lot of news, Mark. There's a lot going on. There, we've kind of, we, we, I mean, we've, we've we've tried to keep on the lighter side of news, obviously. Um, but um, yeah. All right, shall we hit the topic of the week? I guess we should. Topic of the week. Right, and as we said before, it's coronavirus or COVID nineteen. Yeah, and we know we're not going to spend too much on this because obviously, um, you know, it's uh, it's a well, it's a crazy, crazy time, a crazy topic, really. Um, yeah. But what 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 we've seen is the absolute uh, growth of the dashboard. <laughs> well, yeah, it's I, almost as though, I actually you know, want to take a step back before we talk about dashboards, Chris, to talk about John Snow. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. Well, well, as as the father of of medicine mapping, uh, modern epigen- epidemiology, oh, oh, epidemiology. Yep. Yeah, um, and so he was the first to to um, map <laughs> the source of cholera, wasn't he? Was it cholera? No. Yeah, no, it was cholera. So it was yeah. the um, the Soho or the Broad Street pump in Soho in London, uh, which you can still go to. I believe it's not actually the pump; they've moved the pump, but you can still go to the basic area and there's a pump there, um, which you can you can go and look at. And you know, uh, I'm sure there's quite a lot of tourists who go, "Why is there a pump in the middle of the street?" But if you know your history, obviously you can go there and have a look. Not at the moment, of course, because you won't be able to travel there. But um, <laughs> If you could, yeah, and you should, anybody who's kind of you know involved in GIS should you know make sure that they they kind of go because I think it's it's a bit like a pilgrimage, a pilgrimage, personally. Sure. All right. So that was that was modern um, modern mapping, and he you know there's many things he learned from putting it on a map, which which is great. There's a really good article. Um, I think it was in the Guardian. It's a little, it's a few years old, but we'll, we'll put it on the website anyway. Um, and, and it talks an awful lot about his map and what made it different. And essentially, what he did was that he he mapped uh, the number of deaths per household, um, which hadn't been done before. So he was being, he was yeah, basically able to go well. You know, around this particular pump, there are more deaths. Uh, per household than uh, than elsewhere. Now the interesting part of that, Mark, and um, I'll test your your knowledge here, is um, it wasn't actually a very good map if you think about it. And do you know why? It didn't have a title. No, or a scale bar, or a north arrow. No, yeah. uh, the reason it wasn't that good a map is because he hadn't actually normalised the data. So. Uh, you know, basically, you had the number of deaths per household, but if there are more people in that household, then he wasn't taking into account that that kind of numbering. But nevertheless, it still kind of proved the point. Uh, okay, all right, and that that jumps us 
all the way, and we did have, um, before COVID-19 got really bad, we actually had a whole segment on how to map things sensibly mm-hmm. in an outbreak, um, which was full of useful insights. Um, however, sensibility, uh, you know, as of last week, has sort of gone out the window, and now we're in lockdown mode. Well, I think you know, the, the, you know our, our take at the time was around how uh, you know not only of the you know, health authorities and government government have to deal with the outbreak, they then have to deal with the misinformation that's spread over various social media and so forth. Yeah, and I think on the whole, people have realised that oh, it's quite serious, and the misinformation. I think people just aren't listening to anymore. Um, yeah, and so you know, we've, we've kind of moved on. I hope. But eating more garlic isn't going to protect you. <laughs> no, or drinking um, hand sanitizer. That's not going to help. Uh, no. Um, but uh, this is... And one of the things that we were really going to highlight was um, bad mapping data and scaring people with maps, as we saw kind of in the um, Australian bushfires. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're just talking about basically... There's just a lot of maps out there with locations, and they're all using, I think, roughly the same data source. Uh, it certainly does seem so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but and what, what I, f- I find amazing is also the frequency of uh, of the updates as well. You know, if you if you take the the one that I always go back to is the John Hopkins uh, yes. dashboard, or John John Hopkins University dashboard, and that's updated every kind of three hours, I think it is. Yeah, um, last updated, uh, of course, it's in American time, um, but today anyway. I, th- I think it's on a three, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, and it's quite a nice dashboard. Um, what I actually like about it most is not the map, because we talked about this in the Australian bushfire. Putting a circle on the map indicates stuff. Mm-hmm. And indicates kind of intensity, but there's other things, there's other factors you need to understand, such as population. Yeah. Um, so just because there's a big red dot, I mean, obviously there's a massive one over China, um, but it doesn't necessarily indicate the whole country is um, is infected. No. I mean, what, what's interesting as well is that, um, you know, there's the John Hopkins uh, map, which kind of gives you a, a global picture of it. Um, but now you're starting to see that each uh, country or each state is starting to put together their own map. So I've seen that, you know, the UK, there is now um, a dashboard looking broadly similar, um, you know, and that's down to uh, each you know region has now, uh, you know, issuing the number of cases, number of deaths and so forth by, um, by region. And you can kind of see that, you know, in some... Yeah, in the John Hopkins one, for example, you can drill down, and some countries provide that drill down information, and others uh, others don't. And currently, on John John Hopkins, I don't think the UK does, and I don't think um, the US does. Um, but you, you know, you, the, the, this ability to kind of really drill down into the data as well, uh, yeah, it's morbidly fascinating. I think. Yeah, it is, and I'm, I think there's going to be a lot of analysis come out of this uh, once oh, yeah. once we um, sort of come to terms with it and and get through it. Um, it's going to be some really interesting interesting maps. Um, another one, of course, is the Esri Experience Map. Uh, yep. Um, now, <laughs> interesting, Chris. It gives us a different number than <laughs> than the John Hopkins one. I mean, it's close. 164,837 in Esri to 169,387 in John Hopkins. Um, I'm sure that's to do with the frequency in the, uh, you know, they're not updating on exactly the same time. Uh, yes, the John Hopkins one is four hours newer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's also a good one. But one of the things I suppose, I just want to get onto a little bit of a horse is the maps aren't as useful as just a table mm. and I say that because maps it's not that you lie with maps but if you're only using five shades of red how do you categorize and give confidence um, that uh, what the infection rate is like so 
um, on the times.com uh, coronavirus. They have a, um, actually this is from John Hopkins as well. <laughs> but they have a heat map, or uh, not a heat map, what do you call it? Categorized by color. So number of cases 1 to 5, 5 to 20, yep. 20 to 100, 100 to 1,000. Now that's a massive jump, Chris. So 20 to, uh, 20 to 100, you know, 5 to 20, that big jumps. And then they've got over 1,000. Over 1,000 again is a massive jump. And it's just a different shade of red. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I don't know. I mean, you know, it gets, but you know, the standards people approach, whether they're trying to, you know, what, what story they're trying to tell. Um, yeah. And, and I guess that's, that's the thing with maps, isn't it? You can kind of, you know, lie, tell whatever story you want if, you, uh, if you're careful enough. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose, uh, I mean, we, we weren't going on about it, but just be careful with your colouring. Um, mm-hmm. Let's not scare people more than you have to. Uh, no, and I think, um, I think you know, at, at the moment, you know, we're seeing these dashboards, we're seeing these maps, um, you know, uh, we're, we're in, in, in an industry where, you know, in the background, you're not going to see it, but in the background, so much um, location-based information is being used by, you know, various governments and uh, uh, you know uh, different organisations to plan, to assess, to uh, you know, to, to, to basically, um, you know, what is going to happen if we shut these schools? What is going to happen if we, uh, you know, we reduce access to particular uh, areas? You know, yeah. Which bridge should we close? Obviously, not the one in uh, over the River Mosul, because nobody can decide who owns the bridge. You know, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's right. And I think again, you know, in in future you know, generations or future years, for example, just you know, why does it look like Italy's had such a bad run of things? You know, um, compared to to other countries, um, yeah, there's going to be so much opportunity in the future for for yeah, understanding um, uh, using maps and location. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we have much more to say. Um, again, you know, we we understand the fear and, and we're really uh, uh, feeling for our listeners who are affected it more than we are. And who knows, next week we could be well affected by it. It's, uh, it's interesting times. Um, but keeping a positive attitude will definitely help. And washing your hands. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, uh, but listen <laughs> yeah. to podcasts, you know. And so I feel like, you know, if, if you are isolated, then go for podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we'll try and release another one. Um, but we say that, that's not a promise. Well, I, th- I think, you know, hopefully we're, we're over our technical issues and you're not going anywhere and I'm not going anywhere. So, uh, <laughs> that's quite true. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the podcast. Thank you for listening. Apologies again for the very long delay. Uh, indeed. And um, yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, so in the meantime, take care of yourself, take care of other people, wash your hands, and don't go buying too much toilet paper.